group of 13 down to 12 with missing Ralph Street. Tim Robertson, goodness me, what has happened to Tim? Because he is 44 seconds. Oh my God. Magnus Tivet. Oh, oh, oh. I think he wrapped the course wrong there. And ran the wrong direction. And it was some minutes waste there. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Weather Podcast, where we complain about the weather. I'm Ralph Street and I'm joined here by Magnus Duet, who I believe has something mean to say about the weather in Denmark. What can you tell me, Magnus? Since last time, the weather has turned even worse. And to be honest, I think it's been really bad since October. So... Um... For those of us who are just um, like catching up with the podcast, can you can you ha- give us a, like a quick like timeline of your weather since October and like how it's got worse? Like October turned out to be one of the most rainfall months in Danish history, so really bad. In Aarhus, we got three times more rain than we normally get. November was kind of the same. Then we got snow in December, that made me injured. And now here in January, we got even more snow and to a extent where I think it might have been worse than than Oslo, where Ralph was sitting. We got like um, 30, 35 centimeters of snow in, in one day. So it's been quite chaotic because it hadn't melted. And this was like one week ago. And the snow is so shit at the moment. I with the rain back even though i said it was the worst condition i could even imagine i think it warms my heart um because i remember having a discussion with you a very friendly amicable discussion and you were convinced that the rain was worse than the snow so thank you very much it takes a it takes a true man to realize when he's wrong so thank you very much magnus for appreciating my my snowy problems in oslo Actually, two days ago, we got a lot of rain, but not enough to destroy all the snow. So now we're just having a thick layer of, of ice. So that is maybe the worst of it all. Luckily, I've been quite injured. So um, I've been staying inside for quite a bit. So I just stay inside, I think. Try to get another injury. I don't know. Yeah, last time you were telling us about how long you'd been on the spinning bike. Have you uh, managed to break that record? I haven't heard anyone who has done longer than six hours, luckily. So I haven't done anything crazy ever since. And I also remember texting you like a week ago that um, I'm starting to have trainings completely pain-free. And the first text I got back from you was, don't do anything stupid. So I'll try to be being really sensible, gradual build, build up. I'm still doing that. So maybe it's the way of mentoring. Just listen to you and build up slowly. Since you sent me that message, I have received a couple of photos of various parts of your body, which the listeners can guess which which parts they are, which don't look 100% healthy. So I was wondering, do you want to tell the listeners about that? I'm really confused. <laughs> what is this about? <laughs> what body part? I've, I've, I've seen, amongst other things, some photos of some knees that you've sent me. Oh, 
it was uh, the pictures I sent you. I thought it was different people sending you. No, no, just just you. Um, I mean, we'll, we we won't go into those other those other people and their photos. Luckily, it's a podcast, so they can't see them. Luckily, now the the national team, which I'm not a part of this year, had a camp in uh, in Riley, where I was a uh, walk two years ago, and uh, all other ambitious runners were invited to join on the trainings, as long as you could um, fix transportation and all that kind of stuff yourself. It was quite nice. So I went down there to uh, to join on some of the trainings. On the Friday, I had a sprint. I crashed and hurt my knee and my hip because there was so much ice in the streets and my running skills are not quite impressive, I think. On the Saturday, I had another crash, but now in the forest, hitting the same knee again. And today I got a branch into my eye. So I don't know what to do. It's good that you're taking that advice to don't do anything stupid to heart and really, really following, really following the, the sensible things I've been telling you. I could have joined the double amount of trainings. So there was plenty of more options of getting more destroyed. Okay. So you're 50% less injured than you could have been. Exactly. I think that is um, some good stats. Yeah, good. One fun thing about this game was... Um, they have a lot of advisors now on the Danish team. It's going to help a bit on planning some of the sprint trainings and just like mentoring the team. And one of them I have in Mr. Forrest, and that is uh, Johan Brunesson from Sweden, which we have mentioned. He had some, uh, some heart problems three months ago. So it's really fun to see him again. I haven't seen him for several years since he stopped our sharing. On the highest level. And yeah, he was doing good. Had some trainings already. I think he had the first one back this week. It's pretty cool to have him on the Danish team. Yeah, I saw that when the the staff list got announced, you had quite a list of like big names helping out. I saw Andrina Benjaminson was on there helping out. I'm not entirely sure it was like juniors or youth or or something. And our Soren and Ida Bob, Soren Schwartz and Ida Bobak, are they part of the setup as well, Magnus? I think it was Soren Bobak. Okay. So the brother to, to Ida. And he was mainly going to help on, I think, uh, walk and jaywalk and stuff like that. And then there was also Mikkel Lund. He's going to help on the sprint. And to people who don't know him, he was really good international runners 10, 15 years ago. So basically the whole team has done good international results and when they talk they they know what they're talking about it's pretty cool pretty pretty sick setup and it's just like it's totally cool for you to turn up i know you're not outside you're outside the national team now but it's fine for you to to turn up to training and take advantage of those those experts that was uh, definitely my uh, my feeling and uh, a lot of runners was invited to join on this camp as long as you just manage to show up yourself. And um, it was like a, a news post on our Federation website. So I think basically everyone was invited. So pretty cool to have it open. A lot of people showed up. I think that uh, is a really good thing to motivate a lot of people. And I think the general 
quality of the training is increased when you have a lot of good runners present. Yep. How about you? How is your river story? Is it evolving? Um, it was pretty cold, so that was fun. Like my eyelashes were freezing when I was going running. Basically, put in a, in a way so it couldn't open your eyes. Or no, you see, you can still open your eyes, but you've get these like it looks like you've put mascara on, except it's kind of white and frosty. So that was an experience. It hasn't been that cold in Oslo for a while. Um, we've got a lot of snow, which is it's good because you can now run like on the forest trails on snow instead of on ice. So that's fun. The good people of Oslo have been out walking their dogs and pressing the snow down. So the running has been good. Unfortunately, I haven't run as much as I would have liked this week because I'm out to hurt my back at the start of the week. Is it because of your age? Normally I hear like back issues is due to uh, increasing age. Um, I did mention this to my colleagues and they weren't very sympathetic at all. They were just like, this is what happens when you get old. So um, maybe it could also be um, a combination of uh, various uh, stupid things which have been overloading my back. So we're hoping, hoping for that. What are those stupid things? Um, if you can share. Lifting quite a lot of weight in the gym with various different exercises that put quite a bit of stress on my lower back and um, running in the snow, which puts a lot of stress on your hip flexors. So it's all basically tightened up. And uh, yeah, it got so tight that it just went, nah, don't want to do it anymore. So um, just to understand yeah. how can sore hip flexors affect the, the, the back? Well, apparently it's all it's all very tight. Like my hamstrings are tight, my hip flexors are tight, my like glutes are quite tight, and that's all pulling on the muscles of the lower back, I think. It's but it's getting better. Because yeah. I have some lower back pains, especially last year, and I think there was also some of my issues. Like it can be quite tricky what it's like um, causing causing the back pain. So anyway, I've got some like hamstring stretching to do and been told to make sure I actually do warm-ups before I go running and like get the glutes activated and stuff. But uh, nah, um, but things are, things are a lot better than they were at the start of the week. So hoping to, yeah, I'm going to run tomorrow. So no problems. The only problem I have now is I've spent the weekend skiing and that's been, uh, now my body really hurts, but just from skiing. Which body parts hurts after three days of skiing? Um, the like shoulders, triceps, so a lot of arm muscles inside of my legs. I'm like stabilizing, standing on these tiny bits of plastic. Yeah hips and just pressing basically various things now and it's all quite sore no back back's fine though so that's brilliant just need some skiing who was it with um becky Luggett, so the club in in oslo sent a gang up to shushan in norway do some skiing kind of yearly tradition in january get some like social time together and some and some good training 
so it was fun. How are you on skis? Do you consider yourself a good skier? I got some um, some coaching for some of the younger boys, and they're like, "Actually, Ralph, you you look Norwegian when you're skiing, so you know better than better than most Norwegians." So that was that was good. And then they saw me go downhill, and when I should have been filming that, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Tell me more. Um, we uh, because some I don't know what happened, but there's a map. And being orienteers, we should be quite good at maps, which tells you which tracks are good to go on and which tracks aren't good to go on. And somehow we ended up at the top of this mountain with no tracks and had to like ski down it. And those of you that like cross-country skis are very different to downhill alpine skis. So going downhill on this kind of icy, crusty, bumpy snow with like rocks and vegetation sticking out was uh, a bit of a bit of a scary experience from the boy who's grown up in london i'm not surprised it's the orienteers ending up getting off track <laughs> cross-country skiing well they look at the map on the like the board and they go ah oh, well we'll just do that one then and they don't realize that it's not prepared or something oh well there isn't just some loops you could follow like but you got to go new places because it's boring to go this place we went yesterday or or because the wind was a different direction so it was better to i don't know what was going on anyway we all survived maybe you're all into strava heat maps that's the explanation i mean the king of strava heat maps in the club is ostein who was last week's guest go and listen to that episode if you haven't already his strava heat map is impressive it is an absolute work of art um so but he wasn't he was not in the camp yeah it's like when you see these photos of uh, the earth when it's like piss black and you can see all the cities that is basically just oystein's heat map <laughs> i assume i i've not i've uh i mean i imagine he's got pretty good coverage and he he told me that he's uploaded a load of his training from before strava was a thing Like when it was just like Garmin Connect. So he's got, you know, everything from, I don't know, when when were Garmin's a thing? 2006, five, six, something like that? I got my first run around there, maybe a couple of years later. You know, the Forerunner 305, the big box on your nice. arm. Nice, yeah, like nice. The blue rim. Oh, mine was red. The orange run, the red one, yeah. And, one too. and then there was the orange run, the triathlon one. I didn't have that, but yeah, people were flexing if they had it. Oh, good days. That's like. Do you think we can make Oystein share a screenshot of a part of his heat map? Could be fun to see. I can send a message. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So you had a story about uh, old Garmin watches. No, I'm just thinking like that's the equivalent of like everyone remembers the Nokia 3310. If you're of a, a certain age. And maybe everyone remembers the Garmin. What? What? Which one was it? Three ten, three oh five, and four five. Okay, I think. But um, correct me if I'm wrong. Someone will correct us. Someone knows. It was just so massive on the arm, and still you have to wait ages for satellites. <laughs> and I remember when you have to like import data from it, you have to like place it place it on a big platform, like. It was different back then. Kids these days, Magnus, they don't know how easy they have it, do they? 
ungrateful bastards. <laughs> this is making you sound almost as old as my back. <laughs> Mate, I had all kind of back issues last year. It's it's getting to me. Um, just to inform the listeners, you you might have. I'm not. We're not ignoring Tim, by the way. We just thought Tim's weather is far too nice. So we we just can't be dealing with that this episode. So uh, we will get back. We'll get an update from Tim uh, on his status in a warm, tropical, beautiful place, Instagram friendly location. And uh, yeah, when that when 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 he's got more time. Yeah, it seems like he was on the road right now. So it was hard to squeeze the time slot in that um, matches our is the time so different what's for hours luckily he hasn't put enough content out to be considered blocked i was considering blocking the whole finnish team on social media with their alicante drone shots of running in sand tunes yeah i saw a video of oli oyanaho and i was like really miserable in the danish weather really thinking about stuff I'm just thinking like this time last year, we we were in Uganda and I'm sure people were thinking exactly the same stuff about us. I missed the trip so much in this weather. (laughs) So without Tim here, we're a bit uh, short for content, no interview this week. So Magnus has said that maybe we could talk about sickness as like quite a good thing. Obviously winter months, time when people get a bit ill and... Maybe we've got some stories and advice, maybe not advice, uh, about about sickness and superstitions or things that make us angry. Is that right, Magnus? Yeah, I wasn't really thinking about talking about our statistics, about how much we've been sick, but more like how we are normally dealing with it. Like, I think that's the one thing we don't want as runners is being sick. And some people are taking quite extreme measures to try and avoid becoming sick. So I was wondering, like, if you're one of those types who are, like, afraid of people just because you don't want to get sick. I I guess a bit, but the most, um, or the most serious level I've heard about was this um, British steeplechaser, I think a steeplechaser who was trying to get the Olympic qualification time. And he had this sort of, basically his uh, his wife's mother, the mother-in-law was going to come and visit them for Christmas. And uh, she was sick and he just didn't let her in the house to uh, avoid avoid being sick. Um, and he did, uh, I think he did get the, the qualification standard in the end. Um, he was doing lots of other fun things as well. So we can discuss that at another time, but... I don't, I'm not like, I did fear, I felt when I was meeting my family at Christmas and people were being a bit sniffly, I was like, ooh, it is nice to see you, but like, maybe you should have stayed at home. Does it change for you, whether it's like colleagues or your family, how you react to people sounding like they're having something? Um, I, yeah, I think I'm annoyed because, you know, working from home is so acceptable now, at least in, in Norway. If they're if they're definitely sick and in the office, I would be annoyed. I don't know whether I would tell them they shouldn't come, but definitely um, the family gets told. Like if you're actually sick, 
you're not coming to the house. But that's not me. Luckily, my mother uh, takes on the role of uh, door 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 security on the uh, on the house. The sick police. Exactly. What about you? I have some time now in my in my office where a lot of my colleagues has been sick, and a lot of them actually do work from home when they're sick. But for some reason, they want to get quite sick before they are like, yeah, maybe I should work from home tomorrow. Like, so the whole phase where you're like in the biggest risk of, what do you say, you transferring your sickness to another person doesn't have, you must have a term. Uh, contagious. When you contage people, is that right? Infect people. That's the word. Infectious is the same. Infectious is the same as contagious, I think. Yeah, so working from home is the same as like you want to contaminate yourself. You're dropping a lot of big words now, Magnus. I'm just flexing. Don't mind me. No, but like I think the initial phase of the sickness is where you're like most likely to infect people. And in this phase... Yeah. All of my colleagues are going to work because they want to be like, I got to be really sick in order to be like, stay at home. So they're like sniffly, coughing a bit for two days, and then they decide to like, go work from home. And I'm always in a dilemma to be like, should I give them a hint? Like, should I tell my colleagues home? Or should I try to be dramatic about like, every time they're near me, try to like, avoid them a bit or... <laughs> go talk to my boss about it or and then we are having lunch around the same big table and sometimes i see some of them like use their own fork taking something from a share plate and i'm like it's really difficult for me okay yeah i don't i don't think that's okay like regardless if they're sick or not but like there's just a lot of incidents where i'm like if you're gonna cause me sickness after all this spinning i would be really annoyed because it should be worth it all my training <laughs> yeah i don't yeah i think um i think you should drop some subtle hints that like oh you're sounding a little bit sick maybe you should work from home but then it just feels like i'm racing people and it's a dot like when you're racing a kid Okay. I'm doing the same to my colleagues. I don't know if it has like a different term, but like I'm putting myself in a position where I'm like teaching them where I'm like, if it's a bit wrong, it's not like being critical to some of their work. It's more like you're acting irresponsible. I mean, I think, I think you just um, give them friendly advice and, you know, you give people advice all the time. We give each other advice. Like, I think... Help, giving... like open the open their eyes to the possibility that could work from home if you're feeling a bit sick. So I should say, I'm a lead runner. I really hate sick people. Would you please go home? Maybe this is maybe this is the language barrier, and I've had this with work. Is like if you're a British person and you you want someone to do something, it you would say kind of it would be really nice if you could do this or please, could you do this? Or um, it would be really helpful if you could do this. 
And what that actually translates to is do this now. But that yeah. doesn't come across like when I speak Norwegian to my colleagues, if I say the like direct translation of it would be great if this was possible for you to do, they go, well, it's not possible to do. So they don't do it. <laughs> yeah, see, it's just like somehow I would just feel myself like I'm special. I want these people to do this because I'm not a normal person because I do all this running. I don't think your other colleagues want to be sick, though, do they? Yeah, but maybe they don't have the same, like, thought about they actually risk me being sick in the same way. Yeah, maybe. I think we're just a bit more aware of the whole thing. I mean, al al almost certainly. Like, yeah. I just think it's a, it's a tricky thing. And also, like... um I remember at the walk selection races last year, I stayed uh, together with um, five other Danes in Switzerland. And I think it was um, two days before the first race, one of the guys got sick. And the day after I got sick, how do you handle these situations? Like we try to be really good at like, okay, now we isolate ourselves. Don't be around the food at the same time. But it's like, it's pretty strange or pretty difficult to stay in the same house and try not to see your friends for the rest of the trip because they obviously don't want to get sick and do shit at the selection races or team wheeler, which was the weekend after. Yeah, I think it's, I think you're doing the right thing by isolating yourself. But I mean, some doctor is going to write into the podcast and, and say this is nonsense. I also think like, if you're if the unsick people are it's like so spending all their time worrying about oh i can't like magnus walked through this corridor five minutes ago i can't possibly walk through there then of course like it's natural that they're going to get sick spending all this energy worrying about stuff and therefore like you can do what you can do like stay away from the food go and move rooms or whatever but then they've got to do their bit by like believing that they're not going to get sick yeah and definitely and there was a lot of like trying to clear the air like have windows open in the different side of the house and like do all of these measures but i kind of get it also because all of us who were there like doing a really hard effort to try and make it to walk and make it to walk fit doing a lot of work so we are ashamed to get sick or i feel bad to make other people sick yeah i think the most the like once you are sick then that's the problem it's you know how do you not get sick on a training camp like uh you know i think one of the, the biggest cultural differences i saw when moving to scandinavia is like and we joke about this a lot it's just like how many clothes get worn running like in the on the forest and then like you see when the scandinavians finish training they're so quick to get changed it's almost like they're like allergic to their orienteering kit and as brits you know you go home from the race in your orienteering kit when you're a kid so it doesn't get changed at all even though no, no. you're soaked but maybe like maybe it's, if it's rained you like change your top or something 
But like if it's been like a normal day, go home in your dirty kit. That was totally normal as a kid. I would get changed regularly, like basically every time. And sometimes it will also happen that if I haven't changed in four or five minutes, there will be someone coming and telling me, Magnus, you should remember to get changed. Yeah. Like an act of kindness. But like people are really this... aware and yeah. So it's it's also yeah, something I've seen a lot. Well, your act of kindness can be telling your colleagues go and work from home. Yeah, but I think there's also this different that we are really paranoid to get sick because it's going to affect all the hard work we've been doing. Yeah. And a lot of the colleagues are like, yeah, whatever, maybe two days in bed. Or I was like, how sick I could still do work, but like, even though if you're sick and could run or train, doesn't mean it's good for you. Yeah. It's probably the opposite. So it's like... Maybe you need to take some responsibility yourself and work from home and avoid your colleagues. But then I would have to work from home all the time. And that's the tricky thing. Because I think most weeks there's someone getting sick. There's like 20 people at my office, especially during winter or like, you know, from autumn to winter or just before spring. That's a lot of sick people. Yeah, but people don't coordinate it. Like this first day, it was like, yeah, I'm working home. I got sick. I was like, that's cool. But like the week before that, there was like two other colleagues who was down with something. I haven't caught any of that, so I'm happy about that. But I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking like in comparison to my office, there's, there's no way near that number of sick people. So maybe it's just like Danish genetics or something, Magnus. <laughs> Are you telling me we eat into, we should eat more beans or change our diets? More beans, you know, more brown cheese. That's what the Norwegians on, brown cheese and milk. We drink a lot of milk in Denmark. I think we are one of the most milking drinking nations in the world. But not the brown cheese, though. Okay. No. I remember when we got to Uganda, you actually made me really scared. And I also did approach you. In a kind way, I think, because you were like, um, what to say? It's not like you were sniffing. You didn't sniff anything, but like snoring. Uh, yeah, I sn I do do snoring, but like every what are you asking me? <laughs> you sounded sick. Like you had okay. a stuffy nose. You had a stuffy nose. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember lying awake on like day two or three, coughing in the middle of the night. And thinking, I bet the boy, if the boys hear this, they're not going to be happy. But it did sound sick for the whole first week. But you well, said you, you had something for quite a while. It was more like an re allergic reaction to something you had it previously. We didn't get sick. You weren't sick. Everything was good. But it was just the first impression I got. You yeah. sound sick. And now you're here and you didn't say anything about it. So like, well... And everything was good. So, that was... yeah, I mean, in your position, I've reacted exactly the same. Like, what is Ralph doing? Like, he's quite clearly sick. Like, he shouldn't be here. He's going to ruin this altitude camp. So, that's why I felt that I had to, like, say to you guys, like, I know I'm coughing, boys, but I'm not actually sick. So, 
And then you had like 10 minutes of argumenting. You were not sick for like, to be sure we were like buying into that you were not sick because you clearly did sound sick. So like, but the whole story about like how a situation where I was, I mean, he wasn't sick, but yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think the same way as you about this, like, I hate it when my colleagues are sick. I don't want to be sick. You know, like you said, you put all this effort in time, money, like, why let these like quote unquote idiots ruin all that work? So no, I'm totally on board. So what about when you were like home for Christmas being your family? Are you asking your family members, have you just been sick or do you feel anything? Nah, but I mean, if they were sick, I'd like try and avoid them as much as I could. And I think if it was my like direct family members, I would be quite like clear to them about what I thought it's like you stay in your room and I will bring you food. It's not like I don't like you, but <laughs> yeah, maybe I should go to a hotel or, or something. Put up, put up a tent in the garden. Please serve the beans, but don't touch it. Yeah. I heard some stories about, um, I think it was a Swedish cross country skier. He would like the whole month before the world champs go to some, house far away in the mountains where there was snow being all isolated even from his family solely to avoid sickness that is pretty extreme issues to like avoid getting sick before a very big event yeah just isolate yourself like there's no other people in a radius of five kilometers i don't want to have any training partners i just don't want to risk anything maybe that's what you need to i mean how do, how well did he do I'm pretty sure he won. Yeah, well, maybe that's what you need to do to win. Yeah, but it wouldn't be fun taking it that far, at least. Ah, but how fun's winning? You tell me. You won in Czech Republic. Did you have fun? I would quite happily live for a month on my own to win. Not a problem. It is something you're thinking after you've tried have such victory. Um... I mean, I, I always, I mean, I imagined it would be fun, but it would, de I mean, before I won and it definitely was fun afterwards. Yeah. Yes. It is extreme. It's an extreme way to live to, to be that good, at least for some periods. I mean, you cycled like six hours on a bike, Magnus. That's not normal. You sure? I can ask my colleagues tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of them will say that. Yeah, that's normal. Maybe they will be like, maybe he's training for an Ironman because that's for some reason a normal thing to yeah to do. Maybe. Do you consider it worse to be sick or injured? Um, probably. I say probably sick. Like injured, you can like do alternative training. Yeah, surely depending on which injury you get, but being sick, you can be completely grounded. It's quite frustrating. Yeah. What's the worst you've ever been sick? COVID, probably. Did you feel bad? Yeah, I had like two days where I was like where it wasn't good, I guess. And then, but I mean, I've like done well not to get any long-term effects that I'm aware of. And you've never been more sick than that before. Uh, I remember missing like a week of school as a kid because I'd like drunk some of my own bath water. <laughs> Are you serious? 
it was like, I just remember it was like fun to open your mouth under the water. And then I was sick afterwards. <laughs> was this like in high school? No, no, no. I was like, I don't know. It must have been like, yeah, maybe. It might have been like 12 or like something. <laughs> I was, okay. I was too, I was older to know better. <laughs> just going full submarine. Yeah, yeah. Fun. <laughs> I miss having baths. I have to stand in the shower and yeah. Maybe that's why you stopped having bath because you couldn't control yourself from <laughs> drinking the water. You must have done something stupid as a kid as well. I don't remember drinking the bath the water. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. I don't know. You don't seem like a very sick person. Don't know what you do differently. Better try eating these beans, mate. Gotta be it. I don't know. If I was saying I'd like mostly when you're sick, it's because you've done something stupid, maybe. So don't do that. I think my worst sickness was the mononucleosis or the kissing disease. Well, yeah. A lot of other runners who has had it. And do you give it to them? I give it to all people I know. No, but it can easily be like two or three months where you are pretty off. I very into training that period. It's pretty shit. It's not like a, a disease where you're like dying, or at least that was my experience, but you're just very sick for quite long. Yeah. You're not really able to train properly. Get that out of the way when, like, before you start training seriously. That's that's my advice. I had it over summer in 2017. Damn. Got it like a half week before... Um, the walk selection races. I didn't know I had it before two or three weeks. Just remember I was like quite sick, had a lot of stomach pain. I got super annoyed at some point. Just tried to force training anyway. Not a great idea. No. Then I went to the doctor after a month and they could tell me I'm too stubborn when it comes to that. And what lesson? You learn any lessons from that that's worth telling the listeners? If you're feeling something, maybe there is something wrong to you. It doesn't have to be bad, but sometimes it's not good to train when you are sick. Yeah. Even though it, I got a lot of wise on that regard as I'm becoming older, but the better you've been training, the harder it is to let go of it until you are healthy again. I think you can tell yourself it isn't that bad. I'm just going to train a little bit, but quite often it's, it's bad enough for you not to train. Also, I heard some stories on that. Like one thing is like how much of the training do you absorb when you're sick or do you extend the sickness period? But like if you train really intensively while being sick and do that to an extended degree, you can get some serious issue about it, even around the heart and stuff in 20 years time. Um, I heard some uh, of our Team Denmark doctors telling about it. They have some cases with it. So it's maybe it's stupid in the short term. That's what it is. But like in the long term, it's, uh, yeah, it can be bad to try to squeeze out some intervals or whatever when you're sick. Don't ask me why. I'm not a doctor, but uh, that's what I heard. Yeah. And this is not a medical advice podcast, it's a weather podcast. That's true. Ask us about the weather. Well, I recently saw and posts on my social media 
on Instagram from, um, I think it was the work organizers or at least the official work account for next year with um, some kind of promotion with three British runners and a Swedish runners. Do you know how it's so? Yeah, so the the post is myself, uh, Chris Jones, Megan Carter Davis, and Tova Alexanderson, and in a podcast exclusive, we can confirm that Tova Alexanderson will be running for Great Britain next year. And um, look out, people! Tova's grandmother's British; she's got citizenship. It's all totally fine. Um, no, but seriously, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I haven't spoken to Tove myself. If she wants to be British, she's very welcome, I believe. Join the team. But um, another Walker account posted that, and I guess it's maybe a bit unexpected. Usually the home nation promotes its their own runners, and there are lots of other good women who... Deserve to be on that poster. Lots of other good men as well, obviously. Um, I remember that uh, walk in Denmark, the last walk sprint relay, Great Britain won a silver medal. You could just have that team, and then you will still be excluding some really good British runners. Yeah, that's just a thought I had. Yeah, that's a a good thought to have. But I guess having Toby on makes it a bit more international. But then have three Brits and one Swede instead of having like four mixed nations. I don't know. Or maybe it's overthinking it. I don't know. I mean, it definitely, it's a bit unexpected, I think. That'd be a fair thing to to post. I mean, I'm not, I don't know how well the British orienteering public, well, I'm, I don't know who they're trying to market to. But I mean, if you're, aiming for the British public. I'm not sure why Tove, despite, you know, being one of the greatest orienteers ever, the greatest potentially. Um, I'm not sure she has any more brand recognition to the, the norm, to the average orienteer in Britain compared to some, you know, Charlotte Ward, for example, who was part of that relay team. Um, and like you said, if you're going for an international field of, you know, recognized superstars that are probably going to be at at world champs next year, then, you know, it's probably quite hard to overlook uh, the current world champion, Matthias Kibbutz, uh, current European champion, Matthias Kibbutz, and current world champion, Kasper Vossa, Kasper, Matthias, Tulve, Megan. That'd be quite a difficult sprint relay team to beat, one would think. On paper, I think they'll be pretty hard to beat. So yeah, interesting. And I mean, um, yeah, maybe maybe we're just overthinking. Maybe it's just a post saying world champs is soon. But, you know, maybe it gets in your head if you're an athlete and you think you're good enough to deserve to sort of have your face out there and be promoting things if you're overlooked maybe that you know does that create some some issues yeah we're proud of having these athletes kind of thing yeah yeah i mean i'm just remembering now italy you know 
I definitely remember seeing Yannick on the uh, some of the Italian um, like bulletins or websites, and he's not Italian as far as I'm aware. Maybe we should get his heat just to link back to something earlier. Maybe a Yannick heat map on Strava versus an Einstein crawl Estebo heat map. Who's got the most places? Could be fun. I couldn't tell. Trying to place my bets. I know that Yannick is probably at the moment having a higher volume, but I think a lot of his routes are also maybe similar routes on the track, for instance, mm. or maybe Oystein is a bit more around without having geeked it. That is like my thought. So maybe Oystein would be ahead. And we, we know by a fact that he has been to, was it 46 countries? Forty. I thought it was 48, but yeah, a lot. Yeah. Maybe where Yannick is always up there. Yeah. We'll we'll get that. We'll get an answer to you, listeners, if if possible, and drop that on socials. So chuck us a follow on Instagram. We are at OrienteerPod. You can follow this podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Is that right, Magnus? I think so. That's what I tried to do at least. I was wondering about this heat map with Yannick and Einstein. I think Tim would be so jealous of the heat maps because I know Tim is very much into heat maps. Like when I've been training with him and he can't get the satellites, he will be stressed out because then it's not going to show on the heat map. So I would be interested to, to see his reaction to that. Yeah. I don't think he's anywhere near Yannick and Oystein yet. We like will even this, this summer, me and Tim will take a boat, go to some island, and um, do you say circumcise the islands? No, that's the road very close to it. Circumnavigate, circumnavigating those islands. Yeah, that's the word. And it had to be like different islands, and he has been circumnavigating previously because. It looks pretty on the heat map. So it is a thing, apparently. So maybe we should put Tim's heat map in there as well and make him look like a school kid in the kindergarten or in the school garden. We will put these questions to Tim and see his reaction on the next episode, where we'll also get an update of his adventures in New Zealand. But I think that's enough for us for today. So hope you've had fun listening join us again next time um if you want more on your podcast content just go back and list the back catalog we've got how many episodes now now magnus i think this is the 13th and we started in the late of april last year yeah so lucky lucky for some episode 13 Go and have a look. Listen if you're bored to some of the other ones. Great interviews with Thomas Crifton, Aistan Corollas, the uh, just dropped recently. So uh, that's enough for us today. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.